0: Thanks for tuning in to the 168 Podcast, a podcast from Mitchell Knight and Jordan Byrd of the Clarence Church of Christ, aimed at helping you connect Sunday worship with everyday life.
1: Welcome everybody to the 168 Podcast, and Mitch, how was your birthday last week since we talked about that toward the end?
0: It was great. Um... 26 is an age where I actually feel like I'm a year older, which is weird because normally I don't. Uh, and it's strange. This is the last year of my mid twenties. I think, um, maybe you could count 27 as mid twenties. I would consider 27 late twenties, but you know, we're moving on up in the world. I still look like I'm 18. Like, I mean, I don't mean that in like a subjective way. I mean, I literally take a photo of me from when I'm 18. I feel like I look exactly the same. So. You know, still rocking the fountain of youth genes and doing well. Going on strong at 26.
1: It's okay. I'll be a year older here in a few weeks. So, yeah. Back out longer. But we also had another Bills win. So, and they, I don't know if, do you want to say they squeaked it out? They didn't really squeak it out. No, it was they, like just they, not.
0: They dominated. They just, they just uh, tried to be something they weren't in the first half. And then, according to the,
1: Coach Mitch
0: or well, manager
1: it, Mitch whatever you want to go by here. Like the Bills
0: The Bills are are a reverse play action team. They should set up the pass and then mix in the run, which is what they did in the second half. And then it's no surprise that they put 23 points on the board. When they just send Zach Moss into the the funeral pyre on every single play on the first drive, you get 3 points in the half. You got to mix it in. You got to match it up.
1: I was helping to work on remodeling my bathroom during the game. So some of the stuff I didn't even see, but I did see the score here and there. And so, yeah, I didn't get to detail analyze the whole game, but anyway, they're still winning. They, they won, I guess, after their loss. So that's good. But, and this has been football moments brought to you by the one podcast. And now moving on to our topic for today. So, Mitch is going to introduce our topic for this episode, and I'm going to hand it over to him.
0: Yeah, so part of my inspiration for our topic today is just in kind of, since I've been active in the church, since I actually was out in Fredonia, like I've noticed people talk about their relationship with God and their litmus test for how it was going was basically if they were having these mountaintop-like moments, like these moments of euphoria or extreme happiness or these moments where they could really feel God's presence and to me you know the scriptures kind of point us towards something different it's not necessarily about these moments it's more about a lot of moments that are connected together in the form of a lifestyle and it's not always highs there's a lot of middles and sometimes there's some lows so you know if that's you I would say that that's normal so that's kind of the point of today's podcast trying trying to you know I know we have one scripture to talk about, but that's that's the point, I guess,
1: yeah, so to launch us a little bit further into this topic like Mitch was talking about there uh the verses we want to to use as a launching point is what Jesus is talking about in John chapter fifteen, starting in verse eighteen where this is the NIV version. Jesus is saying, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me. They will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. And then, Peter also follows this idea in his letter in first Peter in chapter four, where he says, dear friends, and this is verse 12 of chapter four of first Peter, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. So as Peter writes this, he's approaching the difficulty that, the people he's writing to the followers of Jesus that he's writing to, he's addressing their difficulty from the standpoint of it stinks. I mean, I think there's, there's he wouldn't call it uh, a test or a fiery ordeal if it wasn't something that was a crummy situation. But at the same time he's approaching it from the standpoint of, are you surprised that this is happening? Like this should be expected to some degree, not that anyone wants to go through that, but it does seem to accompany following Jesus. And that doesn't necessarily deal with who causes it. It's just saying, like, that seems to be part of the process of following Jesus. If anything, just from going off of the life of Jesus, was Jesus exempt from suffering? No, I mean, he goes to the cross. He gets killed. I mean, he goes to the nth degree of suffering, if you will. And so if we're following Jesus, and Jesus is saying to expect these things and one of Jesus' first disciples is saying to expect these things. We should probably expect these things as well in following Jesus. Or as we try to sum it up in a different phrase, following Jesus isn't always rainbows and unicorns. Exactly. Or as, as Mitch mentioned kind of already, it's not always a mountaintop feeling. It's not to say there aren't mountaintop moments. But following Jesus isn't just mountaintop moment after mountaintop moment after mountaintop moment. There are other moments that often and usually take place in following Jesus.
0: Right. I think part of that scripture that's really telling is people will look at all the bad stuff that's happening to them or... You know, the lows of their life, but what Peter's saying is like, you're not surprised that this kind of stuff is happening. I mean, if we're defining our relationship with God as bad because there's bad things happening to us or because, you know, we've made mistakes or something like that, you know, we're kind of moving to the more human way of looking at things where it's like, well, it has to be positive. If it isn't, if I'm not getting any of these positive vibes or positive feelings out of this, then my relationship with God can't be going well. It's like, well, No, like, you're going to be persecuted, you're gonna go through some tough times, but, you know, in a way that's almost, for lack of a better phrase, it's showing that it's working, right? I mean, it's showing that we're aligned with God, we're aligned with heaven, we're not aligned with the ways of the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think bottom line is, we often go through these moments. I mean, sometimes there's, there are moments where people are actually doing things to us or trying to be mean to us or whatever it may be that where we feel that kind of pain or suffering or discomfort. But there are also moments where we don't feel, and this is kind of what you were just talking about, where we don't feel close to God or like that he's like, we have this, you know, just like we talk about a mountaintop experience, like a high, if you will. And it can, it can, maybe just be that it's a moment where Christ is trying to strip us of the version of us that is still being shaped to become more like him. And so you have, you know, like the illustration of like, you know, a a potter with clay and sort of like the stripping away of the pieces that aren't necessary to make the shape that the potter is making. And we have many allusions in scripture of, of God himself doing that with his people, including those of us who follow him as he's molding and shaping us. And and that means stripping away the things that aren't of, of him that aren't of, of Christ. And so, but we've become used to and, and accustomed to those things being a part of our life. We're used to being selfish. We're used to being able to lash out at people when things don't go our way. Like those are things that have become normative to us. And, when those things get addressed in our life by a variety of means through however God chooses to do that and helps us to do that, they can be moments where we're probably ashamed of ourselves we feel guilty there's there's a variety of like emotions and feelings and uh that happened in that moment where we probably don't feel close to God, but it doesn't necessarily mean that God is absent from our life because if those things are happening where he is stripping those things out of our life. He's doing it to move us more in the direction he wants us to be in. And that means that he's present. That means that he's active. Like those are good things, but they're not pleasant things. And they're not things that we necessarily always enjoy. And they're not, you know, moments of of joy and gladness, but the joy and gladness comes in the fact that we're becoming more like Christ. And as we allow him to shape and mold those things more into our life, we enter into the fullness of life that that God has for us.
0: Yeah, I think it reminds me of a part of the epistle of James where he talks about that we're blessed to undergo trial because when we do, we withstand the test and we receive the crown of life that God gives to those who love him. You know, that's what it says in his word. I think we can get into this naive mindset of when we're in our lows thinking, well, why did God let this happen? Why didn't he prevent this? It's like, You know, I think so often God takes us through a situation and helps us through a situation instead of trying to get us around it. And to your point, part of that is to help us be shaped into the bad experience rather than trying to just avoid a bad experience entirely because what's getting stripped off or the discipline that we're undergoing is ultimately shaping us into the character of Christ and more closely aligning us with the life of God.
1: Yeah, and maybe touching back to our last episode you know thinking about what are the high moments in following Jesus and the high moments likely probably don't look like the high moments to the rest of the world and it's not to say that there aren't like mountaintop or sort of platform oriented moments where like it's obvious that something great has happened and and God's a part of it but I think if you look at the life of Jesus, like the high moments come in some of the most mundane and a- unexpected ways, like at a funeral where you wouldn't expect gladness to come from when Lazarus is resurrected or, uh, the, the little boy with the mother mother as the, um, funeral processions going out of town and, and Jesus interrupts it and, and raises him back to life. Like those are, horrible moments for those people's lives in that moment. And yet Jesus brings joy and gladness out of it. Like that's not where you would probably expect something joyful and good to happen, but yet Jesus makes that stuff happen. And Jesus takes a moment where it looks like there's no food for anybody. and makes food for every, you know, thousands of people out of one little boy's lunch. And it happened in the mundane. It happened. I mean, Jesus talking to a woman at the well. I mean, that's like, think of the most casual thing we do all the time. It wouldn't be necessarily a highlight moment that we probably tell someone like, oh, yeah, I went through Tim Hortons today and got coffee. That was so awesome. Like, we don't think about that as being like the highlight. It's just it was part of our day. It was a mundane thing. Yet that moment became a highlight for that woman in that moment. And Jesus was present there. And I think the same thing happens in our lives where Jesus can take mundane moments. And it's in those moments that he shows up. We don't expect it we weren't expecting anything to happen, but yet he brings a memory. He brings what someone is doing in relation to us. And in our mind, he causes these things, to click where it's like, Oh, like, Oh yeah. He's calling me to be that way. Or, Oh yeah, that's who God is. And like, we have these like aha moments in those moments that we don't expect, but yet it's in those moments that God shapes and molds us to be more and more like him. And it may not be anything super spectacular, but it's like one more thing in the formational process to make us become more like Him. At least th- those are some of the things that stand out to me, kind of in thinking about just like the mundane moments. Uh, they're, just, they're unexpected, or um, I want to say it's the guy named or who goes by the name Brother Lawrence. Uh, he is known for the idea of practicing the presence of God, and I think I'm talking about the right person here. And his part of his story, if I'm remembering it right, is encountering God and like washing the dishes. Like, that's a thing like most of us probably don't think highly of as an activity. It's like, it just has to be done. But his whole point was like, can we be present enough to God to meet him in the most mundane moment? And like, it's, you know, it's in washing the dishes that there's a variety of just imagery right then and there that can come to mind of like the, the washing and cleansing that we receive by God, the just being grateful that we have water, running water, clean water. I mean, there's, you can start going down the line of things to encounter God just in that moment. That seems like there wouldn't be anything of value, but there's a lot where we can encounter the goodness of God in moments like that. Why don't we, we've touched a little bit on kind of the, the low and mundane and, and high. do you want to touch any more on the the low or mundane and just describing that? I feel like I've kind of done a little bit and you've done a little bit, but, There's anything more you think we should add there?
0: Yeah, I I would just say, like, as a point of encouragement, like, throughout your lows, I mean, it's said so many different times that, you know, only worry about what you can control. Don't freak out about what you can't. It's what we... When it comes to the external things that affect us or the bad things that happen to us in our lives, it's all about how we respond to it. I mean the negative way of responding to that in a relationship with God would be to blame God, you know, to move away from him because we're angry. Why would you let this happen? But their correct response, like we both kind of mentioned is really about, okay, well, what is God trying to teach me through this moment? How, and even of this, you know, let alone the mundane stuff, how in this like unfortunate circumstance can I be shaped to be more like Christ? How can I, um, be more united with the life of God based on what I'm learning in this bad experience. And then I I think for me, like, the middle or the mundane you just kind of, you know, we talk about going through the motions, okay, reading my Bible, praying, going to church, like, hanging out with other believers and that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, really... I'm naive in the sense that my highs are probably what I would consider these mountaintop moments, but what seems to be a biblical high, high in my mind is kind of what Jesus is getting at is in this mundane, this lifestyle, constantly, you know, going through the motions, constantly connecting ourselves with God, even if we aren't feeling it. It's mostly about the lifestyle. It isn't about the moment. It's about the lifestyle. So I feel like in my own life, I need to look at the middles as actually, or the mundane as the high, kind of like brother Lawrence does. That's just my last thought on that, so.
1: Yeah, you mentioned, and I know you mentioned it when we were talking before we started recording about a lot of this conversation is sometimes used about like how we measure our relationship with God and sometimes we can evaluate like we're doing well with our relationship with God, or we have a good relationship with God based on, well, I do read my Bible. I do go to, you know, worship service each Sunday, or I do such and such, you know, thing that we would think of as like a religious or, um, Christian thing to do. And maybe don't take into consideration the moments we're talking about where they might be things we actually would consider that we're failing (laughs) at our relationship with God. And, It's not to say that you couldn't let that keep spiraling, and once you mess up, you just go like, "Oh, I, I I messed up. What's the use now? Like I've already messed up. I keep messing up. I apparently can't quit messing up, and go on. You know, we just kind of ditch the whole thing altogether. Or, I mean, that's one perspective that that one person could have in moments like that. Or, it's the perspective I think we're we're trying to encourage our own selves to have, and and those of you viewing and and listening consider those moments as moments of like a child with their parent where God is trying to get a hold of you to shape and form you to be more like him. Yes. You might've failed. Yes. You might have done something that wasn't appropriate, but if the, the thought pops into your mind and then you're in that moment of like, Oh yeah, this wasn't Christ-like, but I know the expectation Christ has for me and it, 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 but it's like a on the job training kind of moment, if you will, of like, Oh yeah, next time when this happens, you know, it's it's a reflective moment. Can we have those that kind of reflective moment at that time to think about how we might approach that situation the next time. And j- just engaging with God in that moment. And because it's in those moments like that, like we're engaging with God then. We're not just like pushing him further away. We're allowing him to then invade our life even though it's it's a moment we we're maybe not happy about or um, you know, we we maybe feel shameful about, but like God wants to meet us there to heal us, to reconcile us and to then move us further down the path to become more like him. And so it's not just like, did I check off like the religious things, but like, am I actually engaging with God in the everyday moments uh, of life and allowing him to use those moments to shape and mold us? I mean, just look at the life of Peter, right? He did a b- bunch of boneheaded things as, as Mike would say, and at the same time, that didn't just, like, end the relationship with Jesus right then and there. Jesus meets him again and again and shapes him, molds him, you know, kind of pulls him, woos him more toward the way of Christ. And and Peter's a different person in the end because of those moments. And so I think we can kind of compare and contrast our life in relation to, to Peter's example in some ways, too. Why don't we look at, I mean, those are some of the negative things I think that we just touched on there. Like when when bad things happen or negative moments with our relationship with God, like those are some of our negative responses, like either accusing God or we just like throw in the towel, like just the whole thing's not worth it because I I already messed up. But let's look at some maybe positive responses. And, and we've uh, just kind of brainstormed a few different things of how we can approach that. The first one that popped in my mind was just, Having the perspective that we are creation and God is creator, meaning from the get go, we've always been de- as creation, as creature, as creatures. Even if we're human, we're still creatures. We've always been dependent on God to sustain us, and to uh, we're always we've always been designed to look toward Him to know how we're supposed to live to the fullest. And so, as we've separated ourselves from God, as we've fallen away from Him, as we're as we become depraved, if you will, and are allowing in God now to shape us back into the way he wants us to be, there's a perspective or a mindset or a demeanor, if you will, that, that we generally need to have in life, especially as the father of Jesus, if we're going to allow God to shape and mold us to the kind of person he wants us to be. And that's just simply realizing, like, we're mortal, we're limited, we're finite. We don't have it all together on our own. We need him to do the things we need him to do to shape and mold us to be more like Jesus. We're not just going to on our own, like be perfect at it. Like that's just unrealistic from the get go. But if we realize like who we are as creatures and God and who God is as creator and Lord over all, we can then approach our relationship with him from that demeanor. And I think that puts us in a lot better position to realize like, Oh yeah, (laughs) I, I do need him. Even when I mess up, like I need to constantly just, realize I need him to, to shape and mold me t- into what I don't know that I even need. And so that, that's one place I would encourage, um, both of us and, and everyone else who's listening and watching to, to take that perspective in a relationship with God in moments like this, Mitch, why don't you touch on, uh, the second point, uh, we, you brought up and it was kind of the idea of letting bad experiences move you to a worse place versus letting the experience shape you to be more faithful. So, we touched on this a little bit, but just the idea of like, we could either let it just take us to a bad place or we could let God use it to take us more where he wants us to. Be.
0: Right. Well, it's kind of like a crude analogy. I mean, you think about playing like a string instrument or something like that. I mean, the more you do it, the more you develop calluses. And at first it's very painful, but in the end it ends up helping you to be shaped into a better, you know, violinist, guitar player violist, cellist, bass player, whatever. Um, and it's kind of the same way I, I try and look at bad experiences. It's like, oh, my cat's going to jump up. If I uh, didn't pause there, he would have definitely scared me and interrupted me. Um, and that's kind of like the way I look at bad experiences. It's like, you know, do we focus on the pain and do we let that pain Prevent us from moving forward and like pushing us backwards or, you know, like what I said earlier before we talked and what Jordan mentioned, are we letting the bad experience move us to a worse place than we would have been? Or are we allowing the bad experience to help shape us to be more Christ-like? And it's kind of like those calluses. It's like the more we go through these tough times and the more we realize to your first point that we're dependent on God, that we need His help and that we seek after Him harder in those low moments of our lives, the more we'll grow close with God, even in the low moments, and the more those low moments are really positive experiences for us, so I hope that made sense,
1: yeah, I mean, I think if I were just to add on it's somewhat just the idea of once we you know have an experience like that where we're just not, we don't feel like we're as close with God as we should be, or maybe we did something to fail in that relationship, we can either choose to just feed into. That mistake and just like, or that feeling of just not being close. It's like, well, I'm just depressed. It's not where I want it to be. And then we turn to things that are unchristlike to deal with that feeling. So we turn to bad habits or habits that aren't healthy for us. And then we just end up feeding on those, which then take us to an even worse place or just kind of perpetuate the, the, the bad space that we're already in opposed to in that moment turning to God and and just looking and expecting for him to meet us in that moment. If it for nothing else, just to realize that he is there in difficult times. I mean, and again, look no further than Jesus on the cross. If There wasn't a time, you know, there was a time Jesus had all the, the right, if you will, to feel like God wasn't with him. And even like in his, hum, you know, the humanity part of, of Jesus incarnation, even cries out like, father, why have you forsaken me? Like there is this like feeling of that, There's the feeling of that, and then there's the reality, right? The actual reality that God has not abandoned us in those moments. God did not abandon Jesus on the cross, and we see that in the resurrection. Again, how God comes through may not be how we would expect it, but like you mentioned earlier, God can bring us through it. It may not be just like alleviating us of the situation, but he can bring us through it, and I think those perspectives are helpful in in times like what we're talking about. The next thing I would add in in a sense of talking about a positive response to to moments like this are to reflect on how as creatures, as created beings, we are people who are formational. Like that's how our life is designed. I mean, just think about how from a young age, I mean, I have three young kids now. It's a constant learning something new all the time or reinforcing it to to help them be shaped and molded and to, to live a certain way of life. I mean, just with like my daughter, um, learning to crawl, I mean, she had to start with sitting up first and it's like getting in the right position and it's like taking the army crawl steps and now it's like finding something to stand up on. Like those are all incremental moments. That's a formational process. She didn't just like come out of the womb, standing up like, that's not how human beings are designed. And I think you see the same dynamic in becoming Christ. Like it's, it's a formational process. That's how we're designed as human beings. And I think part of that, if we look at scripture and look at the life of Jesus and what Jesus calls followers of of Jesus to be, is that taps into the free will that God has given us because it's a relationship in which we participate in. And so God isn't just going to just poof, make us like Jesus because that doesn't allow us to then engage in the relationship. Just like most of us probably want a relationship with another person to be something they actually want to be engaged in, not just... Yes, no, just like a a machine or an AI kind of dynamic. Like we want an actual human being who has, you know, emotions and engagement and all those different things to engage with us. And that same give and take happens in a relationship with God. And I think in moments where we feel low in our relationship with God, it's just realizing that we can respond to those moments in a way of just having the perspective of how can God make me more like Jesus in this moment and how can I be on the lookout for how God might be trying to shape me in this moment? I mean, a low might be a moment of just feeling like something's not going on and that feeling may be God trying to get your attention of, yeah, it feels like nothing's going on because maybe you need to fill that space with whatever. I don't know what, what it might be for you. Like, maybe it is engaging with scripture. Maybe it is serving or paying attention to someone that's in your, uh, in your life that you're not paying attention to. And God's trying to get your attention in that way. That, that very well may be the case. But if we don't have that perspective, we're not even going to be looking for those things to start with. But it's in moments where it could seem mundane that God can do the most awesome things. And that's, I think, what we're encouraging. Uh, our viewers and listeners to to be on the lookout for at the least. Mitch, the last uh point you kind of brought up is just this idea that the middles are like these low moments or really just sort of the, the mundane moments probably mostly are really to be expected and uh, God works in ways kind of upside down from our early, earthly perspective. You want to touch on that?
0: Yeah, so I think kind of what we're getting at with this is that people expect something that Jesus didn't promise. Because if we look at the scriptures that we started with this podcast on, Jesus promised that we would be persecuted because they persecuted him. I mean, when he talks about discipleship, it's about, you know, hating even your own life. It's about giving things up. It's about counting the cost. It's a lifestyle and it's, not necessarily about expecting these really high and euphoric moments. So really if we're experiencing a lot of lows, that's not our litmus test for you know whether or not a relationship is going well with God. I mean, we live in a world that scripture has already promised us is opposed to us. We're going to go through some tough times, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're separated from our relationship with Christ. It means that you know, we're heirs of what Christ promised us, which in a way is that persecute, persecution and suffering. But along with that comes total satisfaction through what he offers us, which is true forgiveness and salvation.
1: Yeah. And I think even some of this maybe goes to the point of are we, I mean, it's maybe a self-reflective moment of like, do we really want a relationship with God or we just want God to invade moments of our life? I mean, if you think about, I I was just, while you were talking, thinking about how a lot of people, when they reflect, like if if their loved one, you know, passes away, the, the moments they share about aren't usually like, I mean, sometimes like these mountaintop or like, you know, life moments come up. But a lot of times like there's memories of like, I'm going to miss them just like sitting next to me in the car or like, I mean, even on a personal level when they're like, I know like when I've reflected on moments like that, it's like it's the, it's often the mundane things that you think about because those are the things that make up life. Those are the things that make up a relationship with somebody. And it's not to say the other moments don't happen or that they're not important or that they don't have value, but that's not the entirety of a relationship. A relationship is a day in day out moment after moment, after moment, after moment, which sometimes can just be breathing in and breathing out and, and life happening. And it's not super exciting and, and, and those super exciting moments may still come, and, and often do, but a relationship with God is is faithfully following Him day in and day out, and Jesus is faithful to do that with us. It's will we continue to pursue that with Him? I think is part of it. But some of that's just again a perspective mindset of what are we expecting from interacting with Jesus? Are we are we actually looking for a relationship where? we are engaging with him in the high, the middle and the low. Are we just looking to engage with him in the high? It's, I think it's a shallow relationship if you're only expecting the high. (laughs) And I think we would expect that even with our own, just earthly relationships with each other. But Jesus shows us the, the fullness of what life and a relationship with, with God, it looks like. And, And I think you see, yeah, it's not just high moments all the time. There's a lot of, in between as well, and yet Jesus is saying there's fullness of life there, but it's, it, there's a joy that comes that's different from the joy I think we expect in high moments, like different than like if the Bills win the Super Bowl or something like that. As, as exciting as that would be for, for like, especially those of us here, it's not the kind of joy that Jesus is talking about that comes in being united to him and being part of his family. It's, it's on a different level, cosmically, actually. Um, you want to touch on anything more with that before we wrap up?
0: Yeah, I just like reiterating the point about that kind of being a shallow relationship. I mean, it's like, imagine telling your significant other that you don't want them there during the bad times, just only the good times. I only want you to be around when good things are happening. And it's like, well, No, I mean, like, that's, the the whole part of a relationship is ups and downs and sickness and in health, those are marriage vows, I mean, there are going to be bad times, and if we don't expect that in even our earthly relationships, we, you know, we should want a full relationship with Jesus in our, you know, cosmically different relationship, as Jordan said, so...
1: Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the 168 Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Bye, Bye everybody.